Dear Davis, when I was 13, my dad started using meth, and it was devastating. I spent a lot of my life wondering whether or not my dad was in jail when he didn't answer his phone. What really messed up his life, beyond the meth use, was the fact that he went to prison twice, and that's made it really hard for my dad to find work in his trade. He's a trained carpenter. He loves working with his hands. But now that he has these two felonies, he can't get work, steady work, as a carpenter. And nobody wants to hire him as a handyman once they do a background check on him. So now my dad's working at a burger restaurant as a cook about an hour outside of Seattle. This is my dad, Roger. We've been running a skeleton crew for like ever since I've been uh, hired. We've only had like 12 employees that open this restaurant uh, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So we've all been working hard, but we all, you know, we all get about 38, 39, 40 hours. But, Is there uh, a tip share? Um, oh, yes. That's the whole thing. That's what makes it everything that's worth it. Because even though I'm getting $11 an hour, my tip share last, last uh, payday was uh, $6.70 an hour. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You can probably tell that my dad doesn't really sound like, well, a dad. He kind of sounds like a teenage boy, right? I've always thought that ever since my dad started using meth, he just, like, turned into some sort of reckless teenager. He's always been really sweet and endearing and kind, and my dad has a really good heart. He's just extremely self-deprecating, and he has never been the same since he started using drugs. And even though he says he's stopped, I don't think it's going to improve. I think this is how my dad is always going to be forever. And accepting this new dad has been, well, it's it's been something. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is amazing. One of the things that I really like to do with my dad is have him tell me stories about times we spent together when I was a kid before he started using drugs. And this really helps me concentrate on the good times that I had with my dad back when things were really simple and easy and, and he was the same dad that I remember. And when I hear him describe those memories, I know that my dad's still in there. It's still in this, in this guy that's done so many drugs and is just a totally different person. Like, this is still my dad. And um, this is one of my favorite stories. I said, okay, you girls want to know where we're going? And you're like, you, okay, you can tell us, Dad. We're going to Britney concert, Britney Spears concert. And you were like, what? We yeah, thought Mom was going to be time. pissed. Because you thought, yeah, you thought your mom, because this is our very first trip together. This is our very first out-of-town trip. This is our very first, you know, overnight trip somewhere else besides my house. And you were like, uh-oh, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> Quick side note, my dad got divorced from my mom when I was five years old and my sister was about three. And this was the first trip that we went on post-divorce. All right, back to the story. It was as closer we got to the gorge, the closer we got. And then when we pulled into the parking lot, both you and Kenzie were like, pretty fierce! Yeah! <laughs> okay, we but there's there. another got... part of that, Dad. Yeah, what? You didn't have tickets. I didn't have any tickets, okay? Now, I, now this is how I found out. Okay, I, about two weeks before the concert, I call up and I said, yeah, I'd really like to get three tickets for the Burning Spirit concert. 
and the lady on the, the I called Ticketmaster, and uh, and the lady and I, you know, she goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, you know, Mr. Ripley, we don't have any tickets. You know, three tickets available. Uh, the, sh- the sold the show got sold out a couple of, uh, about a month ago." And she goes, and I said, "I'm talking. I'm like, oh man, my two dollars gonna be bummed." And, and and she starts talking about. It. She goes. She goes. I know a little, a little something that might help you. If you're there at 2 p.m. on a Friday afternoon, you'll get, you'll get it, you'll get in. I said, Are you sure? She goes, Yeah. I said, It sounded great. And we were there at like 12:30. And I, and I looked at you and Kenzie, and I said, Okay, this is gonna be the hard part. I said, We got to stand here for an hour and a half. You, you two were the best kids I, I could ever have believed in. I mean, I was, you were like, okay, and you just stood there, and we all just, just we both stood there. We were talking and joking and, you know, uh, having fun, but we just stood right there, right in front of that window. Well, right at 2 o'clock at about 2.05, this, uh, this little, this really cool little man who's walking in, and he's got a handful of tickets in his hands. I mean, you could just see it was like a, a stack of money, you know what I mean? And for him, it was a stack of money. <laughs> anyway, he comes. He's the nicest guy I've ever met. Okay, so he comes in, and he walks. And for some reason, he walks right to our window. You know, right where we're standing, and he's at the computer, right there, and he's entering the tickets, in back into the, the to be available. I, I, we got to be patient, Ken or Bree. We got to be patient, Kenzie. You know, and so because I was holding Kenzie at the time, she could see everything. And you were like, you know, you were you were the perfect age where you wanted to know what everything was going on. So you were walking, you know, within five feet of me, you knew everybody. You talked to everybody. You saw everybody, and you could just notice, you know, you notice this big ticket agent, you know, guy. We, that's who I thought he was. He was just a ticket agency guy entering the tickets. Well, he gets done entering the tickets, and the, and the little man go, or the nice man goes, "Can I do something?" He goes, "Can I help you?" And I went, "Yes, I was like three tickets, please." And, and uh, he goes, "He goes great." Anything? He goes back into the into the computer. How does the twenty second row sound? And I went, "I go as a, in a sold out show." I'm going to be in the 22nd row. I said, sold. <laughs> and he starts laughing. He's looking at me, and, and you're not, and we got tickets. We got tickets. And he just laughs. I go, oh, thank you. He goes, it's my pleasure. He enters it in. He takes, he takes my, our money, uh, puts it in the cash register, and he turns around, and, and he, goes, he goes, can I ask you a favor? I said, yeah, go ahead. He goes, uh, uh. Can you check out these the off, off stage and check out the bands that are playing there? He says, "I'll be out in a little bit, and I'll and I, I just want to know your opinion." I went, "Sure." We go find the off stage, and it's S Club. It's all the Disney bands that are on the Disney Channel. Uh, S Club Seven, uh, something five, uh, uh, oh, and you're like, "I love these bands." You, you were just excited as heck. In between the bands, they gave out. Uh, Pictures of of each member of the band, and we were able to get autographs. Remember oh my that? Gosh, I remember that. Do you remember that? And then uh, you you're like, yeah, yeah. This is the, now we're having the greatest time on earth now. And Kenzie's on top of the picnic table, you know, 
shaking her little booty. <laughs> and we're having a great time. And the man walks up and goes, hey, how's it going? How's it going so far? I went, oh, it's great. Uh, he goes, how do you like the band? So I went, and Kinsey looks at me, looks at him. I went, oh, it's, uh, it's been great. And I was like, uh, I, uh, well, it's nice to meet you, you know. I go, so what do you have to do with the show? He goes, I'm the promoter. I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> he goes, I'm the promoter. I said, it's, you know, it was, I, I said, thank you very much. That was very nice of you for the tickets, you know, especially with the 22nd row. And he goes, you know, he looks at me and he goes, you've got two of the best kids in the world. He said, they are so cute. He said, and they were so nice. Just standing there waiting, waiting, and waiting. He says, "I know how long you've been waiting." I went, "Wow!" And I said, "That's kind of, yeah, that's amazing." I said, "That's thank you, you know, thank you very much." I said, "I, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more." I didn't even have tickets. Now I'm, in, I'm now I'm we're in the twenty second row, and he just smiles. And, and it was always, goes, it was always just so easy hanging out with you because you were so pa- you were so fun. You always had was, fun. Um, what, you would talk to us. You would entertain us. You, you let us listen to our music. You was, you played with the, us. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Is it, I, I never really wanted to go. I never wanted to buck anything against you. And I never wanted to. I wanted you to always have fun. You know, and it, even though we had to wait, we had, you know, the two-hour wait for the tickets. It didn't seem like two hours to me with you two. You know, even though you were six and eight years old or, uh, you know, seven and nine. I was a single, single dad, you know, single parent, and your it's tough on everybody, your mom, me, you know, to be a single parent. It's hard. It takes a lot of money and a lot of things to, to raise two kids, you know, and you two are great. I mean, everywhere, we walked into a, if we got, went to go get a Slurpee somewhere, you were, it was always, thank you, thank you, sir. No, please, yeah, would you like anything else? No, yes, please. I was always pleased and thank yous and. Yes, sir. I was like, these are my kids, man. That's my dad, Roger Ripley. This was really long, so thank you for listening. With love, your friend, Bree.